Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us. We're that company providing you easy to use and quick to set up HR dashboards, custom HR reports, and data quality audits. That's right. We know that most of you HR and people leaders out there are pulling out your hair saying, why is my reporting process so time consuming, so manual, so tedious, so painful? You're always thinking, why isn't there a better way? Well, look no further. That's why we created Employee Cycle. Easy to use, easy to set up HR analytics dashboard, allowing you to view, share, track, and analyze all your people data from one place. Go to EmployeeCycle.com, check it out, get a demo. We'd love to explore how we could partner to help you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. That's enough about me and our company, because today we have an awesome guest on the show. So please help me welcome Kamal Alawalia. He's the president of Eightfold. And today, we're going to discuss how to upskill your workforce at scale. Come on. Welcome to the podcast. Woo! Come on. Welcome. <laughs> Loved your intro. Loved it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate it. So, come on. We're going to kick this thing off the best way we know how. And that's by asking you, how did you end up in working in the wonderful world of HR? Great question. So I got an opportunity to join two of our founders, Ashutosh and Varun, both AI experts from Google, YouTube. And uh, they wanted to actually provide the right career to everyone in the world. So it seemed like a bold, audacious goal. Uh, but we actually put our heads together to say, how do we actually make it real and make very tangible progress? So we are not just talking, we are actually walking the talk. So that's what led me to think that as the next couple of decades will be all about AI, this seemed like a great, great area to bring our best to the table. And so far, it's worked out well. So I think five years into it, uh, we're being used in about 150 countries, 20 plus languages, 20 plus industries. So broad acceptance on how we can help people find better career paths. That is awesome. And I appreciate that origin story. So come on, today we're talking about how to upskill your workforce at scale. But before we talk about doing it at scale and all the nitty gritty details of making this work, can you first define upskilling for us and our audience? We've heard this term so many times. It's a very buzzy term. Some people say that it might be even overused at this point, but I would love to hear your definition and what you truly mean when you say upskilling? So it is broad, but then up, when you apply it to the entire workforce, uh, it can actually take a very meaningful uh, importance. And I'll give you an example. So we are now covering across what I was sharing, a global workforce. The digital skills that everybody is looking for are simply not there. There aren't enough people who have all the skill set that's needed for pretty much every industry. Banks, pharmaceuticals, of course, the technology companies, but retail, everybody is going digital. What that means is 
you can't just keep looking to hire from the outside you have to go back to investing in the people that we have around us because magically there won't be another tens of if not hundreds of millions of people who will show up with those skill sets so i think all of us you and me included will need to be thinking about our relevance to the jobs that we want to do and what do we need to do to actually upskill ourselves so on one side it is an individual level problem it's a company level problem and it's a country level problem and that's essentially what we are able to or looking to solve with our ai platform and just like the way you started uh the podcast right and now you have this very interesting uh, technology that's helping you communicate more and more at scale you have upskilled yourself right and that's the opportunity here that how do we do it but how do we do it with precision because everybody has different aspirations and different needs from work and what do they need to do for their families for themselves how do you marry that with what's available in the market and where the jobs are going and the last thing i'll share is as you look at most of the industries like oil and gas companies are looking to become energy companies banks are becoming less and less about walking into a branch but more about doing everything from your phone or your computer pharmaceuticals you have the ones who have actually taken years to come up with inventive drugs and then you have somebody like moderna that scrambled to actually step up for the whole world so there are all these transformation stories in front of us and i think we as individuals should also learn how to keep pace with it so i think upskilling becomes an imperative for each one of us and uh, for organizations it's more about what they need to do as a business and how to get that alignment with everyone in the organization actually the sobering thing for me was we did some work with department of defense for transitioning veterans we actually won their veterans challenge and uh, in the last presentation the judges were about 20 service members who were going to transition out to civilian jobs in 2 3 months their transition was filled with apprehension about what's next even though they are amongst the most well trained unit in the world right so if they are full with anxiety all of us lesser mortals have the same anxiety as we seek the career opportunities that we want to pursue so i think that's where what we are looking to do is both win the hearts and minds but also enable them and do it with detail do it with precision will do it with confidence hope that helps it did and that was such a great and detailed explanation to really give us so many paths to go down in this conversation you mentioned a bunch of different things that i want to talk about people being anxious and potentially being hesitant to not want to change people not being able to have the resources or the learning and development curriculum to be able to get the skills that they need also companies looking to look totally different as they look to transform themselves into a new view of what their current industry is there's so many different places that a company and specifically an hr learning talent team can start where do you actually start to figure out how do you begin this process do you look at your current workforce and then you also look at where your business is going and then look at the gap look at the gaps 
But for some of those industries you were talking about, I'm assuming that it's a lot of they don't know what they don't know. And they don't even know what roles they're going to need in the future, which seems like it will make it very difficult to try to upskill people in a direction where they don't even know which direction they need to go into. So I'm curious, where are we as a general state of upskilling that you believe, having worked with so many companies across so many countries and industries, where are we now? And if a company is thinking about this, where do they even begin this process of upskilling? Great, great question. So last one to two years, I've actually changed what we do, right? So usually you have, everybody talks about elevator pitch and I used to talk about our platform, but now as you're setting up the question, here are the five questions I can answer for the CEO and CHRO of any organization. Number one, what are my employees capable of doing today? Number two, how can I provide a personalized growth path for everyone in my organization. Number three, if I have to go outside, how do I do it with precision so I'm not wasting money all over the place? Four, while I'm doing this, how do I become more diverse and inclusive? And fifth is, how do I, how can I get my talent strategy to keep up with my business strategy? Right? And we all seen last three years because of COVID and our economic downturn how businesses are having to pivot and change and adapt faster and faster. So with these five questions as the sort of the key things, your question is very valid. Where do I start? I think you start with doing an assessment of where is my team today and doing that skills inventory, which can be done very quickly within weeks, clearly with a lot of employee data and some little engagement. And not that everybody needs to be have all the data there. There's no such company that has complete data set. So it's okay. Whatever it is, is fine. And the second part then is, where do you want to go? So we, with our global data set, are able to provide you market insights so that you can actually make an assessment of, okay, this is where I'm going, for example, becoming an energy company or focusing on renewable energy. Then how do I get there? And uh, that identifies the skill gaps. And then now those can be operationalized that amongst my employees, who are the who already have it or who are who can acquire those skills in three to six months so that I can give them that learning path and then how can they practice those skills so they become good at it by participating in projects and uh, maybe some of them need inspiration from mentors so how do I do that how do I match them so all of that can be done and in some cases if you need to go outside then again do it with precision and now we have you know some very large organizations where you can actually go check out their career sites, Starbucks, Morgan Stanley, Vodafone, uh, Ericsson, etc. So the experience is designed to be very transparent for both the hiring company as well as the individuals, whether employees or outside candidates. And when you start this flywheel, when people are starting to see the value of what they do and we are able to actually surface skills that they haven't specified, but we have inferred, that builds a lot of confidence. And we have actually, state of New York, they surveyed, uh, interviewed some of their people who were going through our system. And one of the ladies said, uh, I didn't realize I had all these skills. And at one of the HR techs, I think two years ago, we had this T-shirt that we were giving out that said, I am more than my resume. And all of us are. How can our geniuses be captured in a two-page resume? Those are old days, decades old, not needed. 
right? So there's more to each one of us. And I think our job is to bring that out and uh, do it with accuracy and precision so that you are enjoying being where you are. So I think that's the step now. The key part with AI is everybody thinks you have to first focus on your data, but we clearly are coming from an environment where that's not possible. So there's no need to wait or expend time there. Whatever you have is good enough start. And all our learnings we bring with us so that you can, the next customer is leveraging and learning from what we've been doing. So this ability is uh, very, very useful because, and then as you interact, the solutions get more and more accurate and more tailored to your company's preferences. And that's how this thing has enabled. I mean, we were about, 140 people before COVID started. Now we're about 630. So through all that period, a lot of hard work has resulted in, you know, company being in great shape and being able to serve more and more customers. As I listen to you speak, which this is, this is great. I'm learning so much here, especially as so many people have been talking about upskilling as we go through this overly used term, but digital transformation. But the one thing that this keeps making me think about is how do we define a skill? If we take all of this to the most basic, most core atomic level and value of what we're doing here, how are skills defined? And are skills always defined by this predefined list that people need to fit into or do employees and people ever get the opportunity to say, well, I can do this thing that might not necessarily fit in one of the categories already existing, but this is something that I can do and it provides value. So we need to add it. How does that look? And what does that typically look like in a company? So that's actually a great question that uh, do I fit into some preconceived framework, right? What also is referred to as skills, ontology, et cetera. So I'll give you an example and I'll tell you how our stuff works. So you remember Yahoo? Were you born then? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I remember Yahoo. (laughs) That is hilarious. (laughs) But remember the the landing page? It was basically a directory structure, bunch of two columns, right? Categories, all that stuff. Yeah, it was was more like a well-designed Craigslist. Exactly. Yep. So if you knew what you were looking for, you know, click, 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 keep digging into the directory and uh, then you get to the place where it looks like, okay, fine. And then you run your search and you know, sometimes you find stuff. And that was Yahoo's best attempt at search. And so if you, if you and the Yahoo curators were on the same page, it was easy to find stuff. Otherwise, good luck. Then came Google, no directory structure, a single search bar and says, go. Because Google said, I know how to find stuff. Just tell me what you're looking for and I'll find it, right? So the difference here is how to understand context, how to get the matching done and how to do it very accurately. So there was like a quantum leap of technology because Google was not trying to predetermine where to put the, all the content it was finding all over the world, right? The How it was being used, the context, etc., was setting enabling it to become so accurate in matching your search results to to content on the web. So that's the approach that we are taking. Under the hood, we have actually probably the largest data set of people and jobs and skills and titles. We understand context, which is what most uh, companies and uh, vendors don't understand. 
and we are able to piece it together because if you do a search for coffee depending on the context you'll get different answers right java is very different depending on what you're looking to do and also all of us do not sit with a skills ontology on the side before we write our resume so all of us actually have a few hundred skills if not several hundred skills and our thinking is that all depends on the context of the job and what is relevant and what is not relevant and we are able to surface that now how it manifests itself is that if somebody is applying whether employee or an outside candidate to a job we are able to go through their profile to determine what are the validated skills so things that they have in their experience and we also think they have done it well and it it is required by the job second one is inferred skills so things that they didn't specify but we think they have learned it based on their experience and it's relevant to the job third is missing skills they haven't specified we have no evidence but it is needed in the, that particular job and the last one is validated skills skills to be validated that the individual is claiming certain skills and competency but we see no evidence so during the process interviews etc let's make sure that they do know the stuff that they are claiming right so this is how you break down and make it easy for both sides to see that this is what we need to go through so your time is well spent on both sides and for the individual we're able to say hey you're a great fit for this particular role for these these reasons some of them you specified some of them we inferred and that builds a lot of confidence that we are finding strengths that they didn't necessarily think was relevant so that's why i keep saying that uh, this two page or one page format that is outdated because who prints a resume these days anyway so it's not even like we are wasting paper so i think we should spread our wings and share as much as we can about everything that we have done because who knows what's relevant going forward kumar this is such an interesting topic that i can talk to you about all day but i do have one really important question that i want to wrap up with and that is where do you find most companies do this wrong because what i think happens is a lot of people have good and well intentions on trying to make this happen maybe they don't start off in the right place maybe they don't use the right type of skills or the listing maybe they're not looking at where their company needs to go and so they're only looking for skills for today versus later i'm sure there's a lot of other things that i'm not even thinking about but from your experience especially at scale where do you see most companies getting this wrong so that you can help our audience avoid these blind spots as they go through the process so i think it's the orthodoxies that are the biggest thing right changing habits and i'll give you an example the biggest thing we did first of all was this calibration engine so that the recruiter can work with the or the hr business partner can work with the hiring manager to see look let's create the job description what are you looking for and right as you're specifying the requirements it's actually showing you that in your talent network these many people are match those requirements these many are diversity candidates and these many are likely to respond so right there in the first 10 minutes 5 to 10 minutes you know whether you have a diverse pipeline to start with or not so instead of wasting a lot of time you're getting your requirements right in light of the available talent right so and it's very important for the do that with diversity and the reason why i'm the starting point is very important is because at the end of the thing our ai matching engine is going to match people to jobs right so if you get the job description right 
you've solved half the problem. Then it's finding the right people who can actually uh, fit into that thing and are capable of doing the job. So I think that's one. Secondly, I think the biggest change in the mindset is hiring for potential. And we have 110 organization that's doing a brilliant job of helping a million black Americans who don't have a four-year college degree find family-sustaining jobs. And I attended one of the events last week in Atlanta. It was such an eye-opener to sit with, you know, store managers from Lowe's, Delta Airlines, Cisco, very insightful conversations on how these organizations are 100% rethinking how they should hire and retain diverse talent. And it's all based on potential, all based on not sticking with orthodoxies, but where they want to go and being willing to change. So I think it's that open mindset that's the biggest thing. The rest of the technology is there, the data is there, and ask all the questions, but be open to how to do it versus it can't be done. Come on, thank you so much for coming on our podcast and sharing so much of the wisdom that you've gained from your professional experience working with so many different companies across their upscaling strategy. We couldn't thank you enough for sharing your wisdom and for helping the broader HR community get better at this process. So thank you so much. Woo! Go Kamal! Thank you! Thanks, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Take care. Of course. So, Kamal, where can people find you and Eightfold online? So, Eightfold.ai. And uh, if you want to reach out to me directly, Kamal at Eightfold.ai. Awesome. We'll be sure to include all of that contact info in the show notes. So for everyone out there who enjoyed this podcast as much as Kamal and I did making it, please leave us a five-star rating to show that you care and that we created great content. Also, if this is your very first time listening to our podcast, but now you're hungry for more episodes, please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire Train and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.